VHS files contain spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. It's showtime. Welcome to the VHS Files Podcast with Jenny Lou. So what do you want to do tonight? Jason. What about pizza and movie night? Eric. I want to rent a movie. And Josh. I want to go to a good video store so I can get a good movie. And this is the movie of the week. Let's get this pizza movie night started. Welcome back to the VHS Files podcast, where I can't talk and everybody laughs at me. I mispronounce names, and words, use them in very uh, non-grammar purposes or whatever. See, I'm I'm gone stupid today, Josh. You've infected me. You're infected with something. Wearing makeup on your face and Edgar Allan Poe shirt. I don't know what I'd be doing. Mm, no, I don't know. I don't even know what movie we would be talking about. This we're week. talking about a movie from the 1990s for a change. It's yes. not 1987. Not 1987. This is a whole new world, people. Even though there are quite a few more 1987 movies that I want to talk about on this show. <laughs> yeah. Same. But tonight Same. starts our 90s in June. So we are going to be watching movies from the 1990s, the whole month of June. We're going to be doing a few different ones for everybody, getting out of the 80s timeline, jumping over to the 90s, talking about some of the movies we watched as young teenagers, older teenagers, and the ones that probably really got us into film in general. Um, So these are really going to be the ones that just sort of, I think... More or less the movies that just sort of we saw younger in our in our teenage years and probably got us into something more than just the general um, fun action movies or or little genre movies like ninja movies or whatever that we would have been into as kids. And we finally start getting into more dramatic stuff and things like that. So um, tonight we are talking about The Crow on our movie of the week. The movie of the week. People once believed that when someone dies, a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. But sometimes, just sometimes, the crow could bring that soul back to put the wrong things right. And The Crow was directed by Alex Proyas. Um, Don't really know a whole lot about him before The Crow. Uh, Previous work was Spirits of the Air and Gremlins of the Cloud or Clouds. Mm. I have not seen either (laughs) one of those movies. (laughs) Never even heard of them. So, yeah. But after (laughs) The Crow, he went on to do a movie that is very similar in tone, uh, Dark City, which I think I've seen once. I have not seen it. Very many times at all. If if I have seen it, it was one time a long time ago. I don't remember anything about it, but I've heard a lot of people like that movie quite a bit. Other than Dark City, Garage Days, never seen that. iRobot with Will Smith, Knowing with Nick Cage, and most recently, Gods of Egypt. Don't remember. Wow. Oh, I didn't see that one. 
Wow. I watched it. It's got Gerard Butler in it. It bombed bad. <laughs> I, I'm not a big Gerard Butler fan, so I think I may skip that one altogether. Well, The Crow released May 13th, uh, 1994, with a budget of $23 million. Who did their homework for the box office? You know, the only person that does it is you and I, dude. That's it. Eric doesn't do anything. He sits at home and, you know, plays video games and <laughs> takes naps. And then act, and then he says, what? I'm so busy. I'm swamped at work because I've slept and played video games all day. So I got to cram Good eight Lord. hours of work into two I'm hours. I'm almost done with Call of Duty. Wow. This is abusive. It's abusive. That's what, hey, we abuse the ones we love, right? Verbally, not physically. Like Bob and LaBamba. We don't do that. But uh, 94 million, Josh. 94 Million. That's pretty damn good. Not too shabby. Not too Not shabby. Too shabby. Um, the Crow was based on a comic book uh, by James O'Barr, and at this time would join the rankings of other comic book adaptation movies like Batman, Batman Returns. I think Batman Forever might have been out at this point. It might have been shortly after this. Also, some smaller ones like Dark Man, Sam Raimi's Dark Man, and The Mask like with Jim Carrey. But, Eric, you no longer have to take us back to 1987. Tell us what was happening in 1994. We're sending you back in time. <gasps> Whoa, this is heavy. Well, Josh, in 1994, the Tanya Harding-Nancy Kerrigan figure skating scandal consumed the airwaves after associates of Harding attacked Kerrigan, knocking her out of competition. Uh, you guys know the hardest foot to buy a figure skate for? A broken one? <laughs> a square foot. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, Crayola released Scented Crayons in 1994. Some scents that didn't make it into stores are Morning Breath, Seafood throw up and dog anal gland discharge. Oh, oh Jesus! Oh, oh man, mm, um, yummy! I'm hungry. Le Liam Neeson turned down the role of James Bond in 1994 because he didn't want to be in action movies. <laughs> well, my how the tables have turned. <laughs> I think Liam Neeson puts out an action movie every six weeks, straight to yeah. straight to DVD, <laughs> Blu-ray, whatever. Uh, do you guys know how Liam Neeson makes such good pancakes? No, Eric, tell us. He, yes. Well, he has a very particular set of skillets. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, some other scented crayons that didn't make the cut. Sweaty crotch, fish fart, and grandpa's outhouse. Dude, fish farts are nice. Grandpa's outhouse. <laughs> Uh, and finally, I think the release of this album pretty much blew everyone's minds in 1994. Hit it, Josh. Man, Nine Inch Nails is headlining uh, Rockville this year. I so want to go, but I don't like festivals. That'll get you fired up. Oh, yeah. That song. Yeah. That song that we all just listened to. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I still prefer Head Like a Hole. That's going to be my favorite. Oh, man. Well, that was a different year. So. I know. I know. It's not 1994. 
Well, in 1994, a little movie called The Crow came out. I didn't see this in theaters, but I remember really wanting to see it because much like um, Tim Burton's Batman, it was this dark, like gothic style of movie. Uh, the trailer for this movie like blew me away. And I was actually a big fan of Brandon Lee because I had seen him in the movie Rapid Fire um, yes. a couple years like, before like this. Uh, I would love to give that one a revisit because it's been quite some time. Um, he was also in Showdown Little Tokyo, Little Tokyo. but um, I have not seen that one. I've heard that it's very similar to Big Trouble in Little China. but mm-hmm. I have not seen that one, so one day I will get around to watching it. So let's talk about our first experiences with The Crow. Jason, since you're in full makeup, I'm going to let you start today. <laughs> well, I, just, I, was, I was just trying to play the part, dude. I'm trying to be the lively one here. <laughs> and I don't have bad dad jokes or nothing like no, that. No, but you so are I a clown. I am a clown. <laughs> Jenny loves clowns. But, uh, no, I did not see this in the uh, theater in 1994. Uh, shoot, I was probably – I know I'm the oldest one in the group. I think I was like a sophomore in high school when this came out. Wow. But uh, uh, I definitely, it was a rental. Uh, just like you did, said, Josh, I saw the trailer. I was like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, dude. And I mean, uh, I think in, even in some of the trailer, even, uh, they've had some like, uh, I think the My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult was playing in there. And they got a Pantera, Rage Against the Machine, all these bands that I was getting into at that time or in the soundtrack uh, of the during the trailer and you're like dude i gotta check this freaking movie out yeah I, i've got to uh, say the soundtrack was had a big impact on why i was anxious to see this movie as well oh yeah yeah well of course nine inch nails which we just talked about but uh uh definitely rented it many times watching it over and over again i mean the crow is a it's a great story uh again like some of the other movies we talked about man it you got a lady in your life be it your wife girlfriend or someone you guys are feeling this for man you definitely sit there and you watch it with her because wow it, it pulls at the heartstrings many times in this movie even just with some of the orchestrated music that's in it right man it's got oh it's just a great movie and i still watch it what a romantic this guy is <laughs> oh you know me i'm romantical well he had lots but, of good uh, things to say about curling up with his girlfriend and dirty dancing too i'm starting to think jason's a romantic yeah. at heart no, not me. I'm all about horror movies and blood and gore, dude. What are you talking about? You know me. But- Eric, how about you? What's your first experience with The Crow? I don't remember any specifics, but definitely, you know, it was a movie that came out, like you say, with a lot of music that was hot mm-hmm. at the time. And I feel like it was, it wasn't a property that had been around forever, like Batman or Superman, right. mm-hmm. things like that. It was like, kind of a more contemporary like uh it was like a grunge movie or like a you know what i mean yeah. like yeah it, like same time it, like singles it the style like singles came out around it, the same time when grunge was high in the in the musical landscape and yeah yeah it's it's just like the perfect movie that kind of captured the style and the of of that you know lifestyle or right movement or whatever you want to call it um goth yeah definitely goth for sure oh yeah. definitely goth i mean so i just feel like as a young person when that came out it just felt like it was made for young people you know it was like made right. for you it wasn't your dad's superhero kind of a thing yeah. it was 
something new. So that was, I generally remember my mom like didn't want me to watch it because she had this weird notion that it was like about devil worshiping and stuff. And like, I don't know, my mom doesn't tend to gravitate towards darker movies. So this definitely wasn't something my mom was into watching. This is when I really started to come into my own with movie watching. But she would let you watch you know, Jason Voorhees decapitate somebody. Well, I mean, one uh, round noon. <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth is a little different than something like this. I mean, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but I, I do recall my mom watching it a little later on uh, in her life and like calling me, <laughs> and she was like, "You know, that movie's really good." <laughs> and I was just like, uh, "Yeah, mom, that's why I wanted to watch it so many years ago." But. Um, yeah, I mean, the music was definitely something that, that got me. And there's a helmet song in this movie that is pretty badass. And, um, you know, the Stone Temple Pilots, uh, there, uh, Nine Inch Nails does a cure of a, or a cure, a, a cover of a Joy Division song in this that I really like. And then I'm surprised Jason gives the, the soundtrack any recognition considering the cure is on it. But I, uh, I turn my brain off <laughs> when the cure comes on, it just turns off. So I'm anxious to hear Jenny's um, input here because she's she's coming into this one not seeing it probably as much as Jason and I have. I don't know how many times Eric's really seen this one, but Jenny, what's your thoughts on the crow? When was your? Do you remember the first time you saw it? I don't remember specifically the first time I saw it. I might have seen it at somebody's house in high school, uh, but other than that, when we watched it together. Probably is the first time I saw it. I would never have been allowed to watch this when I was younger. Um, Absolutely not. So, yeah, I don't have any, like, fond memories attached to this movie. Mm -hmm. I've probably seen it less than five times. Wow. So. We all can't be perfect, Jenny. It's all right. We forgive (laughs) you. Well, it's funny (laughs) that you wouldn't have been able to watch this because, I mean, comparing this to something like we talked about, in our last episode, Dirty Dancing, I mean, this one has violence in it um, and and some drug use and whatnot, but I don't really think there's much more to this movie than there would be in a movie like Dirty Dancing, other than, yeah. I mean, other than the, the, the setting and, like, the mood of the movie. But. Rape, murder. There's, there's POV shots of, like, a rape victim in this movie. Well, I mean, we discussed right. the probability of rape in Dirty Dancing, so I mean, yes, the, the question of that was there. I don't. That's I theoretical say rape. Like the, is... the the flashbacks and memories of the attack on the girl is pretty brutal here. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. I, um, and and by what I've uh, read over the years, man, they toned this down from the comic book. I've never I mean, read the, the comic. comic book, I'd love to read it. Yeah, I've heard. I mean, there's a lot more drug use. Uh, some characters that didn't show up in the movie that got cut out, yeah. uh, stuff like that. And uh, James O'Barr was okay with them leaving because he understood that you know it has to transition to Hollywood. They're going to make a movie yeah. of this book I wrote. So, That's unfortunately yeah. the downside to a lot of book adaptations, comic book adaptations, things of that nature. Like, um, I'm a really big fan of the Preacher comic book, and they just you know that TV show's over now. But when that TV show was announced. Seth Rogen and uh, Evan Goldberg were attached oh. to that, and they were talking about how they were going to translate that to to a, a TV show or a movie, whatever. And you know, they had to cut certain things out and move things around, and that's kind of one of the issues I had with that show. Um, 
And usually the issues that I have with movies or, or anything that's based on books or other stories is usually I'm pretty attached to that story and don't really like when it gets augmented all that much, but that's kind of what you deal with when you're moving into Hollywood movies. I think especially when you look back at these older comic book movies, yeah. there wasn't as much of a respect for the medium of comic right. books. This was way before any... they, they really just took it as yeah, like, like a, a launch point and then just went, you know, and it went from there. I, well, you know. we should also note that this is an independent comic book that came out. It wasn't anything that was uber popular. It wasn't like Spider-Man or Superman or Batman or any of that kind of thing. It was just a lowly little independent comic that had, you know, a very short run, but was, was a story worthy enough to, uh, to adapt to a movie. And I, I'm glad they did. I, I like, I like this movie quite a bit. Um, I kind of want to get into another reason this movie was sort of, uh, kind of ingrained in me was the fact that our star of the movie, Brandon Lee died while making it, um, due to an yeah. unfortunate circumstance on the set. Um, I remember that was pretty much everything that surrounded this movie. And they were even kind of like, are we even going to release this when it was announced? Yeah. Um, but it was very sad and, and, and very strange that it kind of echoed the same way his father, uh, Bruce Lee died. Uh, another mishap on the set of a movie that involved a, a, a prop gun firing a, a, a lethal shot into them and, and, and unfortunately taking their life. Yeah, I mean, the, that that story surrounded this movie and made it even more yeah. of yeah. a, you know, a curiosity for right. everyone. Um, yeah, like supposedly the Lee family was cursed mm -hmm. and stuff like because of him, uh, his dad teaching Americans like Chinese Kung Fu or his version of it, stuff right. like that. And how I think his father and it just been passed on that got really big. Shoot, they've made movies about it. Yep. Uh, documentaries about it over and over again about both of them. So right, the cursed films. Yeah. Uh, on Shutter, uh, was was that on Shutter? Yeah. 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 Um, I watched that. It. Was that was good and interesting. Um, watching, I I had watched that a while back, but I haven't watched this since watching the cursed right. films episode, and it's funny. He gets shot so many times. That's what I was too. thinking watching this movie is like, like so many blanks so are being fired many at this times. guy. Like one of them, you know, uh, uh, apparently for those who don't know, one of the blanks was stuck in the gun. It hadn't been cleared. So when they yeah. fired another blank, that sh shell or whatever went shot out and hit him. So it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't a real bullet. There was a, yeah. bu a real bullet. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's constantly being shot at in this film. He basically just stands there and gets shot all numerous times. Uh, I, I, that actor had to live with the fact that he pulled yeah. the trigger that killed Brandon Lee. Yeah, they. Yeah, imagine being that guy and having to live with that. Yeah. You know, even though it had nothing to do with you, but you're the guy. You're the one that did it. Yeah, and they said they only have what three days of filming left when that accident happened. That's why they were like, "We can should we finish it?" But they were like. They were pretty much done with the movie. Yeah, they wanted to finish it for Brandon because they knew. I mean, if he was still around, dude, he would have shot straight up. Man, he would have been a star yeah. after that movie. And it does suck he's not here. And that was another thing that was kind of odd about this movie to me is it's not just your straight up kung fu action movie. There's a lot more going on in that. And what I what I had seen him in previously was more of an action 
action movie where he was displaying his martial arts skills and all of that stuff. And this was, he had opportunity to do some of that in this, but it wasn't solely what this movie was based around. This was, there was a lot more going on in it. It was just basically just straight up street fighting. Yeah. What he was mostly doing. He wasn't doing the stuff that his dad taught him or being the son of Bruce Lee. He was just like, if you were in the street fight, fighting somebody hand to hand, it wasn't him doing roundhouse kicks, backwards flips or nothing like that. Right. So. Yeah. Do you think there's another timeline where he survives and he is the star of The Matrix instead of Keanu? Ooh. Dude. (laughs) Man, now you got my mind going here, dude. And Keanu never hit it big, so he ended up making like the... Wow. All Keanu's movies are just... Yeah, uh, Brandon Lee Lee is John Wick. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about, dude? We almost had Will Smith as Neo, dude. Yeah. It almost happened. That was real. Yeah. yeah. Uh-uh. Whoa. No. <laughs> Whoa. I think this movie influenced The Matrix in a couple areas and maybe some other things, honestly. I agree. I think so. Um, yeah. The roof, the roof mm-hmm. running mm-hmm. shots where mm-hmm. he's running across the roof, like that's totally Trinity running. Well, the costumes, the too, oh. the black leathery stuff. Sure. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. Um, <laughs> you just brought up will smith in the matrix and you said whoa i'm thinking if if will smith was neo in the matrix he would have been like damn, <laughs> damn. we wouldn't have had our famous You're- whoa i kind of want to go over like how we feel about the way this movie kind of uh, how it kind of encloses on this voiceover from sarah i find this to be a little cheesy nowadays um Maybe it was a thing they did back in the 90s, and I remember this voiceover being a big thing about introducing your movie. But, but I mean, what do you guys think about the way this movie opens up and how she sort of introduces us into the story and how we sort of start moving along? I, I, anybody can start with this one. Well, I, I, I personally like it because she's telling the whole story of how the crow works. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we're going from here of her doing the voiceover, the city's on fire, uh, it's Devil's Night, October 30th. And I mean, because we're purge night, yeah, <laughs> basically. I mean, because we're basically starting. I mean, without her telling, we're walking into Eric already being dead, thrown out the window, and Shelly hanging on by a, a thread. Mm-hmm. So she, it, yeah, she establishes the 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 lore or like you know yeah. how it works. That way, it's almost like the the beginning of Lord of the Rings or something, where you yeah. have that little animated sequence and they get you caught up on everything. Yeah. And they're Okay, here we go. Yeah, because basically, if, if she doesn't do that, dude, you're thrown right into a movie, and then you're like, okay, so these people are dead. And then, I mean, there's not too much further into this movie. We keep seeing this crow flying around, and like, all right, we know the movie's called a crow, even though that's not a crow, it's actually a raven. But uh, <laughs> they use ravens in the movies; they're not Oops. crows. Uh, but I mean, if without that little bit, I mean, it only takes a few seconds for her to do that. It isn't like long and long and drawn out. Yeah but at least it kind of gives you, hey, this is what you're about to expect of how this works. The main reason I bring so. it up is because Sarah, it, while she is a character in our movie and is in is part of what's happening here, she doesn't really, like, she's just kind of an onlooker and doesn't, like, I, I just find it weird that they would choose her to give us this. Mm. Who would you I have don't think do the it? tone it, is right at all. For her? Yeah. When you, well, like, to have her, her yeah, like, in it, because it's, it's just too childlike i would have um the girl yeah i would have sarah her, shelly i and it was another s i would well, have her do it 
the main reason it kind of rubs me the wrong way is because Sarah doesn't like, there's never a point where this lore is explained to her in this. Like we get that information from, of all people, the bad guys in this. Um, so I just, I find it kind of weird now that she's the one kind of walking us through this story when she's really just an onlooker in all of this. I don't know if it was, it's like, Oh, after all this happened, she went to the library and studied up about how crows carry souls from the land of the living to the land of the dead and all of that. But, or maybe it's kind of her telling the story. Maybe like, this is after the fact at the end of the movie. And she's kind of telling you, Hey, this is the historic of Eric and Shelley of what I know. Yeah. And then from other people's point of views. So it could be that way too, because she kind of tells us at the end of the movie, it's more her talking and it's different. It's not the same thing, mm-hmm. but it's telling you what she believes, what is true. And her character actually is in part two. Sarah. Okay, I don't really want to talk about part two. <laughs> I personally I personally like part two. It's not nowhere near as good as part now, but after part two, I mean when we get to the point of putting Edward Furlong as the crow, <laughs> yeah, we gotta cut it. It's done. I, I actually <laughs> haven't even seen that one. But it's bad. I really I'm really just not a big fan of the the guy that plays the the main character in the second movie and the makeup on him looks Ash. awful. Absolutely yeah, awful. But we're talking horrible. about the original here. So yeah. um, Ernie Hudson, he's a friend of the show. He's been on our Ghostbusters episode. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome <laughs> Ernie Hudson. That's <laughs> Insert Ernie here. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but how do we feel about Ernie in this one? How do you like his character? What's it? How do you pronounce it? So, sergeant Albrecht. 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 Yeah, I can never. I just always called him the sergeant and through the whole movie. I kind of like it because, I mean, he's just a beat cop. And he actually, I like him as a cop because he cares. I mean. Well, he's, yeah, he, he, he's a, he used to be a detective. detective. Got knocked down. It, yeah. Was Did he get knocked down because of that killing? They're not really clear on that. It seems like it. That guy Torres or whatever. Yeah, Torres. Yeah. Well, it says really hates him. That guy is such he's an such asshole. a dick to him, man. Like, but I got the impression this time that it was from that murder. Like he was trying to work that murder, and maybe like I don't know. So because yeah, it does say later that he was sticking his nose in places that people didn't want him to, so they knocked him into straight up beat. Yeah, cop. and he stayed with uh, Shelley in the hospital. Thirty hours, stuff, man. So. Stayed with her the whole yeah. entire time. So do we? I want to bring this up. Do we think, is his name Torres? Yeah, Torres yeah. is the uh, other. Uh, Do we think Torres works for Top Dollar? I kind of think so. I mean, they. I don't think they show that they in the They don't film. portray that yeah, in the could, film. You could, yeah. you could reach for that, I think. I don't think it would be far off to interject it into this story um, just because of the, how much of an asshole he is to Albright. Um, he is there there doesn't appear to be a reason in the movie for him to be such yeah he's just that like uh like he wants to ruin this guy's career he wants to get he suspends him (laughs) he's like you're gonna what does he say i can't remember he says you're gonna be welcome to the first day of your suspension or (laughs) traffic you know guiding traffic or something but dude he plays the typical 1990s asshole cop torres does Typical, all the yep. way through the '90s, you always had that guy in every cop movie. Yep. I like Ernie in this. Um, thanks, man. <laughs> uh, 
Ernie Hudson, if you're listening to this, we apologize for Eric's invitation to you. We do love you. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so there's a whole scene where 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 uh, he's talking to Ray, and they're talking about the dead rising from the grave in Ghostbusters. Do you think? Oh, do you think he was shit. alluding to that? Do you think they exist in the same universe? I think universe? Ghostbusters Ooh. exist in the same universe. This movie bears a striking resemblance to a movie we have talked about recently. That's all I'll say. For Batman 89. No, not Batman oh, 89. Oh. But it does. I mean, the, the costumes, yes, the, the, it, the, 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 the dark nature of it. I mean, I can see that. but The atmosphere, the, the miniature city when you come into town, lots of soundstage stuff. Yeah. All, all at night. I will say how dark this movie is all the time is... They run up the stairs of a of a church at the end. <laughs> you make a very valid point, but this movie What movie was were you This movie see? is fucking RoboCop straight up. Mm. If you look at the beats mm. this movie hits. Yeah. It is RoboCop through and through. No, you you're you're right. Even to the point of bad CGI or or whatever of people falling out of windows. yeah yeah well this one's much better than that this one yeah is i actually kind of like this better than that eric is thrown out the window it does look better than dick falling out of the window (laughs) yeah Yeah, they both have criminals who seem to be bad just for the sake of being bad right yep and like a group of bad guys like a gang um you've got a you've got that on top of they are the bad guys working for the bad guy that we don't see, really. Mm-hmm. Top dollar. Um, we get that whole showdown at the end, even to the point of this gang gunning down someone, them coming back and avenging. Like, the the story beats here, I just, it blew my mind when, it, when I realized it while we were watching it. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, this is fucking RoboCop. But... Obviously, it's 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 a different take. It's a different tone, all of that stuff. But it just really got to me this time watching it about how much there are similar things in this to the point of him, you know, finding these guys, taking them out one by one, all of that stuff. Even when we get later, he gets to um, David Patrick Kelly's character. Um, T-Bird. T-Bird. OK, yeah. even to the point where when T-Bird. he's with T-Bird. T-Bird has that realization. He's like, I know you. We we threw you out of a window. Like, you got the same thing with Emil and Robocop. Yep. You yep. can't come back. Yeah, like, you don't come- it, it, it hits a lot of the same beats. It doesn't make me dislike the movie, but I just <laughs> found it kind of odd that it hits a lot of the same beats as Robocop. But anyway, our cast of characters here are really, like, what drives this for me. Like, I love all of the group of bad guys, T-Bird and all his his goons. T-Bird, 1010, Skank, and Funboy. Skank, I think, is the best. Dude, he is a total meth head tweaker. He probably lives up in Mariana, Florida right now. Listen, <laughs> I will take... He is tough. I will take... Uh, Crestview at the least. He's in Crestview. <laughs> I will take RoboCop's gang over this gang every time. And I don't even really like RoboCop's gang that much. <laughs> no, I don't know, dude. These guys, I, love me. I do not like. Dude, they don't have the cool freaking table scene where they're doing shots with actual bullets, dude. Come on, man. That just seems so that stupid cool. to me. It's like, dude, you're going to have to shit that out later. What's the matter with you? <laughs> 
Shelly obviously hung on and Sarah follows her out the window or out, out the window, but down and they think, you know, that's where Ernie Hudson's character, Sergeant Albright, gets involved with Sarah and they actually develop a friendship. Yeah. It is almost hell night. Devil's night, get it right, but it almost sorry, devil's night. <laughs> the the purge is about to begin. <laughs> and and Ernie and and Sarah are eating a hot dog on the corner. Yeah, you would think if it. they know that they, go, go yeah, home, man. Get tell this girl to get to her apartment and get off the streets, man. This is not a time to be having a hot dog. Dude, what are you talking about? Dude, she grew up in downtown, dude. She's like straight out of Compton, dude. She knows it's gonna happen. I ain't scared. She's got an AK on the bottom of that skateboard. Shit. She's she's yeah, got well, this shit. He I you may be right, but he <laughs> should have looked out for her also better. another parallel to Robocop. This movie takes place in Detroit. But yeah, we because we get them talking about the whole hot dog things. And and I think that's the first time I ever realized that when you eat a hot dog with onions, remember that makes you fart <laughs> real bad. <laughs> Sarah says, I love it, dude. Yeah. I love her attitude, though. Like when he was talking about her skateboard, she says pure talent. Uh-uh. She can do it. I lo- even though, I, I on, even though in there. certain scenes when she's skating, you can tell that that's a, a, a boy on a skateboard with. Yeah. Oh, what girls can't skate? I'm just oh, saying. Trying to say? I'm just saying. It's oh, pretty yeah, obvious Lord. that it's not her Perhaps on that skateboard. This girl could not skateboard. <laughs> yes, but then we get yeah. it kicks over to T Bird and his crew. They're doing some stuff, obviously bad stuff, over at the arcade because we later find out they're basically the people who make Devil's Night, Devil's Night, mm-hmm. thanks to Top Dollar. So. But uh, I do want to mention, I, what, they never say Top Dollar's name in this movie, do they? Never. Not nope, once. They never do. The only reason I'm calling him that is because it's on the cast list like that, but I don't think they ever call that dude by a name in this movie. Yeah, I think when he walks up, he calls and says, hey, I want to talk to the man, yeah. you know, or something like that. And he says he's out in a meeting or something like that, but they never say Top Dollar yeah. at all. And do they ever say his sister slash girlfriend's name mika is it i know it's her character's name but i don't even know if you i know he refers to her as as his sister but i don't know if they ever say her name either it is my father's daughter (laughs) i just yeah what is going on i just caught that on this watch because it all you never oh my god it always freaked me out that he he referenced her as his sister and then I, it, it hit me this time when he said when they're talking later on he says father's daughter that's your sister yeah, this is my father's daughter. But you, even with that accent he has, dude, he could be from freaking Southern Alabama too. With their hanging out in Mariana with Skank doing meth, you know. <laughs> so I don't know about that either because he, he's got. Are a, they doing like dark arts yeah. here? They're doing like witchcraft. Yeah, because she likes to do the, eyes. the eyeball. Yeah. Yeah, the eyeballs are really creepy, and yes, her eyes. makeup is so nineties. Like that, like super outline of her lips. That's just like way Way outside outside the real lips is very prominent here. It's not a good look. But yeah, right after this, you get the boom. Sergeant takes off, checks it out. And as all this is going on, Eric's coming out of the ground. I actually really like that shot where it's his point of view of the coffin, just yeah. or the 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 top of the coffin going straight up. Straight I think up. that's a really cool shot. The whole him rising from the grave thing mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah, they I mean yeah. they even it's, got it looks great. Yeah, they even got this 
the the suit right because you know when you're buried they do the whole open back suit mm-hmm. when you're when you're when you're buried and right. stuff prep for a funeral do they not put I mean, they shoes on you though because he's barefoot right i get probably, probably not no it's a waste of shoes i mean they generally only show you you're only from the waist up so so <laughs> why are they all naked there are no <laughs> pants either <laughs> Are you Winnie the Pooh in it? <laughs> uh, can I just say for the record, please bury me in pants. <laughs> Nobody's going to bury me. So <laughs> when Jenny's, when Jenny's gone, no, they're they're gonna, we're going to make sure Jenny. she's dead and just burn her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same here. I, I, you don't want to red hot chili peppers about. it? No, just a sock. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I mean, Eric comes out of the ground. I love that. You know, the whole screaming thing is he's coming out of the ground. But I even put in my notes, and I think I never thought about it in this, but, you know, since we talk about things in this movie, he's been in the ground for a year. Man, does he look yeah, great. No decomposed. For being in the ground. Like, no maggots or anything. Well, keep in mind. Six packs, he has, everything. He has that. Yeah, he's feeling. got the yeah, magic. But that's So the, he might as well just, he could have been all decomposed, but he just healed up yeah. before he Yeah, I, I think out. that would have been cool. Maybe the CGI wasn't good enough back then, but that would have been kind of cool of him coming out of the ground. And as he's coming out, like his hand is going from, you know, decomposed to real modern, you like, know, like he's healed. Like Jason. Yeah, that would have been like actually kind of cool. comes out of the cool. like grave. Yeah, like Grows his, his coming up, like, yeah, the meat comes back on the bones and all that. <laughs> that would have been actually pretty cool. Maybe I need to remake this movie, Josh. Give me some backers. We got. It would this. be like Frank coming back to life and Hellraiser. It would just be really gross. And <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Oh, that would have been really. Yeah. Neat. But but I uh, like that he recognizes the crow, kind of like leading him through the city, really leads him to where he can find shoes and all that stuff. Shoes. Um, back to the apartment. Putting together the suit, yep. man. I like that. I like that sequence. Oh, here's some boots. Here's this. Here's also, that. the cat. You the know. the cat here, one. Here's, still... here's five rolls of electrical <laughs> yeah, tape. Electrical tape. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the cat. Would the cat really still be hanging out after a year? Like, I mean, don't you think Sarah sure. would have at least taken the cat when all this happened? If there's enough like mice and stuff around, that cat might be there. Remember, it, but it would not be that white. Yeah, it's an abandoned building. True. So, dude, if it's the only cat in the building, dude, it's going to be eating mice like crazy. It's got a smorgasbord of freaking little critters running around. I always. So it would be all matted yeah, and gross. For, yeah, he would have sure. been kind of dirty, though. It rains yes, all the time. Yes, literally all the time. I mean, it can't rain all the time. <laughs> Despite <laughs> what Eric says. <laughs> but it can't rain all no, the time. No, there's a couple little shots of sunlight that come through in this movie. Just a couple. Every, okay. Couple. Yeah, there's like a sunrise or a sunset, too. But when he gets back to the apartment, he picks up Gabriel. And it's kind of uh, cool. I always wondered that when he's holding Gabriel, you know, when he's having the flashbacks, is he seeing it? Because he says he sees it through other people's eyes, their memories. Is that him, like Gabriel, what he saw when everything was going on, when T-Bird and all them were busting in the mm, I don't know, because you know it? that cat saw them fucking at some point, And then he didn't see anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I got the impression it was his memory that was triggered. You know, I thought that cat. too, but he's also seeing he, memories that he wasn't a part of. Was it? Yeah, he wasn't there when that when they busted oh, okay. in the apartment. That's what I'm saying. Is like that's what's right, he's he seeing it through Gabriel's uh, memories. And maybe that's why he is because he saw it through the sergeants when he touches him later. He sees everything yep. that yeah. happened he's warging. to Shelley. Yep, warging. There you go. Yeah, he's warging for sure. <laughs> he's Brandon Stark. He's the three-eyed raven. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, we could totally we could uh, totally do the remake of this movie and change a few things up and tie uh, it into Game of Thrones and th- that that is a good way to get information to our main character is for him to be able to touch things and actually see see things that he wasn't able to see. Um, so I mean I I really like the whole scene of him coming to terms with what's going on and putting the makeup on and all of that stuff, which is you know dramatic effect, but that that look just the the black outfit the black hair white face with the with the lines down the eyes and stuff it, it just yeah it's perfect and, for this and, and the crow yeah the crow on the shoulder yeah. like they nailed the look of yeah. it he couldn't look yeah. any cooler yeah I mean, I, he looks like a yeah. cool some bitch you've ever i love the marionette looking face and a lot of people always thought that james Olbar and then the people in the movies did that from like alice cooper and like the guys from kiss but he didn't. He says, no, I use the whole marionette mask because it's it's supposed to be happy. That's why he's wearing a smile. Right. When he's not mm-hmm. smiling. Right. So he, he's definitely he's there for revenge. He's unhappy. And but it's him. I'm putting on a smile. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. And I love the, the, the effect of the makeup through the whole movie. I mean, it looks like it's smeared on there and painted on and it just has it wears here and there. Mm-hmm. And yep. I love how it goes. It's not just all a perfectly painted white and black face. And I do like by the end, it's pretty much just all worn off of his face. I mean, this goes yeah. on over the well, especially when he's he's depowered. Right. So like after he's depowered, he kind of it's just mm-hmm. Eric again. Yeah. Kind of. yeah. Um. So we go back to the bar and we meet T Bird's little group of fiends and actually like get some <laughs> interaction with them with the bullets and all of that stuff. Um. I kind of like how they're not like, I like how they're, we don't give a shit and we're just going to throw pull guns out in the middle of a bar. Like it just kind of, it's a good way to translate how much this town and this city has just gone to shit and is dilapidated and like no one really has the, the feet, like no one has a need to care anymore. Like it's, it's, it's just like this city is what it is and we've got to live through it. Um, Right, the mother has yeah. given up. The Shelley's mother, uh, Darla. Or, sorry, Sarah's mother. I'm yeah, going to keep saying Sarah's that mother, Darla. Even though she calls Darla. her Darla, <laughs> the most right. of the movie until toward the end. I mean, she's pretty much, you know, off her nuts on on mm-hmm. drugs, and yeah. you get the famous thing of them at the table after they all pull a gun on each other, doing the fire it up, fire it up. I love that. <laughs> I, I love that. Every, every time somebody says something about a fire, it immediately pops in I my didn't mind. really realize it until watching it this time, but they, they do it a lot. And at real inopportune times, too, like when they when they get out of the arcade, they start doing that, which I think is the perfect yeah. time to do it. But I don't know, like them doing it in the bar and then Skank and T-Bird doing it in the middle of the street later. Like, yeah, it just seems a little out of place. These guys are the worst. Well, that's the their worst. The, yeah. that's their that's their mantra, whatever like that, because they're arsons. Yeah, that's their thing, man. So, but you got you've said them earlier. You got T Bird, Ten Ten, Fun Boy, Skank, um, <laughs> Skank terrible Skank names, absolutely <laughs> terrible names. Uh, now it, it all culminates when you've got 
Tintin. They do sound like a 90s comic book, by the way. Yeah, very much so. (laughs) Those are definitely 90s comic book (laughs) names. (laughs) Um, But it all culminates. You've got Eric realizing what he's there for. Time to avenge him and his 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 fiance. Uh, I like the interaction between Gideon and Tintin at the Tintin. at the pawn shop. Gideon knows what's going on. He's kind of a background player in all of this. It also goes to show just how deeply inseated these people in this city are to what's going on around them with Top Dollar and just the the seediness of this city and how much it's all just you know, bad stuff going on everywhere. The pawn shop is full of things that were stolen off of people that have been robbed or killed or whatever. Ten ten. I mean, I, I like when he gives the purse to Gideon he's like, is that dried blood on there? Like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. th- they know exactly where all this shit's coming from. Oh, definitely. Uh, but my, I think my favorite interaction with Eric Draven and the T-Bird gang um, is this first one with Ten Ten. Um, Dude, that's great. I like it. I like that's that great. he's kind of realized that he 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 has this healing factor. He he's here to avenge him and Shelly. He doesn't care anymore. Like that scene of him just going face first off of the building and turning over and falling into the trash and all yeah. of that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and didn't even do a full flip. Just did the whole thing. Like, put your arms out like you're falling into the water off of a cliff. Yeah. Right. I don't give he's a, a dead fuck. man. I was like, I don't give yeah, a fuck. He's already a dead man. Dead so man he, falling. He can fall off a bridge. He can get shot. He can, yeah, yeah, that's all real fun. I mean, he's basically a zombie. Right? And I mean, if you realize, like, if you, re- yeah. if you really pay attention to every time he gets hurt in this, like, it's almost like he does feel the slightest hint of pain, but he's always laughing it off afterwards. Um, you yeah. know, here he falls, he falls, I don't know how many stories, and lands in this bag of trash and starts laughing. Um, part of it is probably to be, you know, uh, intimidating, but we'll talk about it as we get through him. But here he just starts laughing as he falls into this bag of trash. And I like that. He just walks up on 10, 10 with no, no words, no, nothing, just that face. And this whole fight between them is awesome. I love it. The, the head tilted down. Yeah. Walking toward you. like the Terminator. Oh yeah. Just there's my target. I'm doing this. I, I talking about like the, the laughing and the smirking and stuff like that, that, that Brandon Lee brings to the performances. I, it, it just fits with that kind of like Gen X, like everything is bullshit kind of perspective. Yeah. And yeah. It, it works so well. I mean, it just, it, it's so different than, you know, if he didn't do that, he would be Batman. Yeah, you know? pretty much. The, mm-hmm. the difference here is that, you know, he's laughing at the absurdity of all this and kind of, well, you know, there's one thing he does that is very similar to Batman here. And that's how he kind of shifts his voice a little bit. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Um, that first conversation he has with Tintin, like this is when we really first hear him speak, um, yeah. after he's come back and, uh, I forget what the dialogue is he has with Tintin here, but it's like a man and a woman in love a year ago. <laughs> like he, he really <laughs> over enunciates. Yeah. And like, yeah. And he, he, he like, talks Listen. with a, yeah, with a real deep voice. Like it's, you could tell it's not Brandon Lee's real voice. He's just dialing up the energy. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, dude. It's his first kill dude. He just come out of the ground, dude. He's pumping. Yeah. He hasn't spoken in a year. Yeah. I'm man, sure you'll remember. Talking. 
<laughs> it's almost it's almost like Tom Hardy's Bane. <laughs> I'm sure you'll remember. <laughs> but uh, dude, I like this whole thing. I mean, even when freaking Tintin's punching him, I love that smile, and he turns around with his face like this, mm-hmm. with the teeth showing. He's like, "That's all you got." Mm-hmm. But dude, I mean, that and when he's punching him and he's yelling at Tintin, "Murderer!" Yeah, murderer! I uh, dude, it's like building up and then. 1010 finally walks away. He's like, fuck this dude. I'm about to throw some knives at your ass. I love how all of these bad guys deny it too. Like every time he, every time he steps up to one of them, they always deny or or like they're cowards or or, or maybe it's not even denial. It's just like, they are so, um, just dead to the, like to the fact that they've murdered and, and done these heinous things to people. Like they don't care. Like they, they probably don't remember doing this. To, well, to they them, did because like, when he says that, he says, "Yeah, Shelly, we shagged her ass or something like." He does say that, right? Right. But is is he just saying it just to be like, "Yeah, whatever," mm-hmm. you know? Right. But yeah, I love this exchange when he's walking away. He says, "Let you, let me introduce you to some friends of mine." Mm-hmm. I Dude. I like that he says, "And we never miss," and he he never hits Brandon Lee once with them. <laughs> like, yeah, try harder mm-hmm. as he swats them away. And then he catches the, the knife last catch. one. Yep. Dude. It's incredible as well. He didn't realize Tintin had that many knives on him either, dude. When they go to pick up his body later, dude, he's got like 30 knives stabbed in him. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ. I think my but, favorite uh, part of Tintin's death, though, is the interaction between Torres and Albright when they're, you uh-huh. know, at the scene. And, and, and uh, Torres says, what the hell do you think that is? And he goes, I call it blood, detective. I imagine you write it up as graffiti. (laughs) (laughs) Ernie Hudson's so smug in this, and I love him so much. He is good in this. I I actually, like, forgot he was in this. It's been a really long time since I watched. Maybe in the new Ghostbusters movie, they'll interact some of his character from Ghostbusters in in this. That'd be kind of great. I like that. That (laughs) Or at least he'll just talk about that ghost that he helped avenge his uh, fiance's death. There you go. There, now, now we're tying the universes together. I don't like it. I'm going to say, I don't like his laugh. Who's Eric's laugh? When he's, you know, oh. having all these encounters. I. You want him to be stone-faced? The yeah. Whole time, I mean, oh, if okay. I was raped and murdered, and so was my fiancé, and he came back to avenge us, I want him to be a little serious about it. Well, I think he's, I think he's pretty I, serious. I don't. I, the tone of it, I just it just didn't sit right with me. I just didn't like Interesting. it. Interesting. I think maybe he's doing it just to. It's that whole like, why is this fucker laughing at me? I understand. It, it gets the in their head of it. Yeah. I just don't like it. I think he's having fun getting his revenge too. I yeah. see. I just. I think he's relishing in it a little bit, you know, like. I don't like that for him. Well, I mean, he also has to kind of play to his audience. I mean, look at the guys he's taking out. He kind of wants them to remember him or, or you know, to, to kind of. They're not going to be alive enough to, well, <laughs> to I mean, remember him. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I, I don't know what the best way to word what I'm saying here is, but like, I don't know, like when, when in our next encounter with Fun Boy, he comes in. And that's freaking awesome. too. You know, I love that. He's kind of like rubbing his head on the light bulb and he's like, uh, here, fun boy. 
Like he's really just sort of, you know, playing with them. Yeah, like he's taunting them. He's yeah, taunting and toying with them the whole entire time. Well, before Fun Boy, we we've got Gideon's place, which is another oh, yeah, we, another good one. Dude, that, how many quotes are in Gideon's? Let's see. I think about you know five. Yeah, or more. there's a lot there. <laughs> um, I love when he opens the gate and you see his reflection or his uh, silhouette mm-hmm. in the door. Yeah. You know, I even like it when he walks up and you kind of see him through the glass. Yep. This dude, it's there's some great shots in this movie of just his. I face. think this is one of the best scenes in the movie. It's pretty oh, good. It's, it is definitely. And then we. I think my favorite part is when he initially comes in and and Gideon is he's I think he's swinging a baseball bat at him, and he jumps up and hangs on something up above. And when when Gideon swings around and he's not there, and Eric just goes, "Mr. Gideon, you're not paying attention." Paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, and he and he. He hits Gideon in the head with his own baseball bat. <laughs> like it's a great little shot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I love all of this with finding the rings, and he's just tearing up this pawn shop. Um, we haven't. I love the idea of a bunch of rings yeah. that represent a bunch of killed mm-hmm. people, and you know, as he's throwing them at him, you know, with that. Oh, I like it when he's going through, and he's like, nope, nope. Nope, he's, nope, and then yeah. he touches he it, and he's it. just like, oh. Yeah. And he knows I also like the mo- the modest ring. It's it's oh. a very modest mm-hmm. ring because they you have know, you they, seen they, where they, they live, rich or anything. Yeah, Dude. but I mean, it's and he's a musician. It would be easy to just put that, <laughs> put some like yeah. awesome. Well, nowadays ring, it know? would be, but that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, in the, the remake of the Crow, they'd have a giant, giant diamond engagement ring or yeah, something like that, or, or even just a, a middle of the road you know, diamond ring, but this thing is like very, modest. very simplistic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's funny that he just carries a guitar around <laughs> for a yeah, while. I mean, that's <laughs> while he's killing me. Never know where you're going to need to riff. <laughs> <Right>. Dude. <laughs> that's one thing I, I kind of, I thought it was cool as hell as a kid when I first saw this movie, but now watching it, I'm like, it's kind of cheesy that he just carries a guitar. Yeah, it's around. like one, it's like one cool thing too yeah. many. Like, You've already got the whole get up, the makeup. You got a bird on your shoulder. Then you add an overcoat. Yeah. Then you add a guitar on top of that. I mean, holy mackerel. Right. <laughs> we are throwing everything at the wall. Hey, and I can tell you this. We all, if, I mean, like I said, I was in high school at this point. Even growing up here in Texas, dude, we all had those people who went and saw this movie and literally changed their whole outfit by Monday morning. <laughs> Because they're like, dude, they are now the crow. They are Eric Draven walking around. They all went from just wearing, you know, like Metallica t-shirts and blue jeans. They come back to school Monday morning, black pants, black stretchy shirt, some electrical tape wrapped around their hands, you know? And I'm like, dude, I love this movie and I'm a metalhead too. And I like goth and all that, but dude, that's taking it too far. (laughs) Literally, it was two days since you've seen this movie. This is coming from the guy who's wearing crow makeup as we speak. Yes, I am wearing crow makeup. <laughs> I love this whole thing when he's sitting there talking to him and he's pouring the gas all over the counter. Why the fuck does he have this much gas in this pawn shop? Like, can you explain this to me? He sells generators. Dude, he's got a generator. He sells generators and chainsaws. Yeah. But dude, it's devil's go. night, man. Come on. Power's gonna go out and you gotta have purge night. I've been in lots chainsaws. of that's the answer. I've been in lots of pawn shops that sell lots of equipment that's powered by gas, and I've never seen just random gas cans sitting around in a pawn shop. But he was in the back. 
and he probably picked them up in the back where they have when somebody brings in a generator, they got to test to make sure it works before they take it in. Mm. Got to have gas. Okay. I'm gonna fi- I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out a reason for there to be a gas I, can. I here. think that's a. I think that's fine. That's not a fine. like there is a there is a big like 55 gallon drum of something <laughs> in this place. Like <laughs> that's a little overkill. I don't know, but uh, I love it. And he blows it up. I, well, that's a, that's another quote when he goes to leave. Yeah, dude, he's like, "Is that gasoline I smell?" Yep. After he yeah. sh- drops the rings into the shotgun. That's one of my favorite shots in this movie is when he turns and shoots the shotgun towards the door and you see the rings go at the camera. Oh, yeah. I love that shot. Yeah. That's a great shot. I read something. They were talking about that shot. It was one. It's one of the director's like favorite shots of the movie. Mm -hmm. It's just that one. But I do when that building blows up and this is where Albright and Eric have their first run in together. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's again, another quote dude there's too many quotes in this movie we're gonna have to have an hour quote (laughs) session in this thing so well before we get to quotes let's talk about some of the cast almost famous i know that dude i don't know them i know her haven't you ever heard of that guy that guy who was in that movie that was out last year i'm sort of famous for being almost famous well i mean Unfortunately, Mr. Brandon Lee was not in anything after this, so he's kind of almost famous. But uh no, I don't think so, Josh. Mm. All right, who you got, Eric? Lay it on us, dude. I'll, I'll go with Lawrence Mason. Tintin. Uh Tintin. You know, he's been in lots of things. Hackers, Hackers comes to mind. Yep. Uh but uh Lincoln Lawyer uh, Public Enemies, Prison Break, TV show, lots of television, The Shield. I think I got one better. Who right. is it? David Pat. I'm going David Patrick Kelly. Dude, he was in The Warriors, man. Warriors come yeah, out Warriors. to play. Hey, hey, remember he was Commando. Remember, this is my bad arm. Yeah, this is. He's the one that gets dropped off the cliff. He's Sully. Uh, yep. He Sully, um. Uh, he was in John Wick. He's the guy's the leader of the guys that show up to clean the house he's in twin peaks peaks 48 hours yeah that is a better one yeah i think i would that would i concede yeah i would go with that one or tony todd candy man himself the candy man dude and he's yeah. that between that the final destination movie dude he was in the remake of night of the living dead i always forget that he's in this he's got a very small and like I think you really have to be paying attention to notice that it's Tony Todd. Like, it's it's not really dude, like a char- miss- it's not really like a character that he would play typically either. Like, dude, you, well, not yeah. It's a very small role, and it's just a very timid character. Really doesn't have anything going on. But that voice, dude, that's the Tony Todd voice. You know that. You should have had him do the voiceover. There you go. And, well, no, um, you know well, I mean, yes. he's dead by the end of this, so yeah. it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> a better fine. voice. You can come back. That's the two I'm going to go with other than Michael Wincott, the one that plays Top Dollar. Yeah, I had that as well. Uh, he's been in a lot of stuff, but I he's think... He's just a recognizable guy. He's so recognizable. Yeah. Uh, which is, I, I think, why he's good. He's a good choice for the... I just, besides this, I remember him playing the Sheriff of Nottingham's cousin in Robin Hood, mm-hmm. Prince of Thieves. Why a spoon, cousin? <laughs> Yes. Well, yes. at least I That's didn't right. use a spoon. 
his face, I don't like to look at it. <laughs> it's not a good one. Dude, in this movie, I hate to look at that freaking wig. Yeah. Yeah, that little, like, It is horrible. He's got these, like, wings <laughs> that just come off right there in the front of his head that look awful. Dude, and not only that, it's perfect. Yeah. It is just, like, perfect hair. It's a combination of his face and his voice. He's got a very unique oh. voice as well. Dude, but that's what I'm saying. In this movie, when he's talking at the uh, table later, dude, it is a, like, southern accent. He is rolling mm-hmm. hard. Yep. So that's why I said, dude, he's him and Skank could be related. So lower Alabama, some stuff right there. I don't know. Jenny, did you what, have anybody for almost these places you're naming are right about where I live? <laughs> exactly. Because we all used to live there. I think I don't notice. <laughs> we got Jenny. No, nothing. Nobody. Um, I've got one. It was a uh, Joe Polito who plays Gideon. Yeah, he's been. A he's a character he's like, actor who's been quite a few things. Oh yeah, that's a great one. The only reason Josh picked him is because he's in the Big Lebowski. That's right. That's the DeVito. only reason. <laughs> so. And Miller's Cross. He's he's in a lot of Coen Brothers movies. Yeah, he was in Highlander. Yeah, I'm trying to find. He was in Highlander. Let's not talk about Highlander. <laughs> hey, they're remaking it. Henry Cavill is going to play Highlander. That's way too close to The Witcher. What's that? Yeah, The Witcher. Yeah. yeah. I think that's why they I mean, cast him. Oh, a long haired dude with a sword. He's going to look exactly like The Witcher. He's going to rock a Scottish accent, too. I saw a sticker on a car. It was on a Toyota Highlander. And right below the Highlander emblem, it had a bunch of bodies with Head, no heads. Headless. <laughs> and one guy and one with, with a sword. Sword. <laughs> I love I it. I thought that That's was awesome. pretty clever, even though I'm not a very big Highlander fan. So, so who are we conceding is the winner of Almost Famous this week? I would say John Polito or... Uh, David Patrick Kelly? One you yeah, or David Patrick Kelly. Warriors. <laughs> I like everybody we've mentioned. Uh, I think they're all pretty good candidates for Almost Famous. What's funny is the most famous person in here is Ernie Hudson. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> He's the most famous person in this movie. Yeah. So, well, is Brandon Lee still more famous than Ernie Hudson? I think he is, even though he passed away back then. I don't yeah, know. It's, it's just kind of a weird. Well, it's the fact. Well, he's more famous for two reasons. Well, this movie became uber big because he died, and the fact that he died making it, and he is the son of Bruce Lee. Right. Who died that's making the more, movie? <laughs> who died? Yeah. So therefore, that's why he's more famous. Yeah, I understand. But, yeah. I'm still going to go with, what's his name? David Patrick Kelly is my almost famous winner. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are a lot of good character actors in this one. Um, So, do we have any recast for The Crow? Dude, I hated to do this in this because I don't think anybody else can do this as good as Brandon Lee. Well, and I, I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about I mean, there's been so much talk about remaking The Crow. Yeah, and they've already had two actors or three tied to it and then shut it down. Yeah, and I, I think this would be a fun conversation about, you know, if, if we are remaking this, who could we cast? But, like, I know there was a lot of talk about Jason Momoa, and I do not think he's the right person for oh, this. No, no. He, is no, too, no, no. he is too big of a stature because that's the whole thing that makes Eric what he is. He's this skinny little wiry guy, and he's kicking your ass. Yeah. Oh, you're not going to like my idea. then. <laughs> but the other people who, since Hollywood has already tried to do the recast session section for us, 
the other people who have been tied to it were also uh, Luke Evans. Mm-hmm. And he was actually tied to it very tightly. Like they were in like writing script and then they just, they gave up. And Tom Hiddleston was. I think tied Tom to Hiddleston would be an awesome Eric Draven. You think about yeah, that, that devilish smile he has when he's playing Loki and you just that long hair, you put him in the black in the makeup and in the black suit. Like I think out of anybody I've heard that was attached to this remake, Tom yeah. Hiddleston would have been my favorite. Of I'd all buy of that for a dollar. <laughs> sure. Jenny would pay two dollars. Yes. <laughs> I also so have it, also been like a big proprietor of like I think Tom Hiddleston would be a good James Bond. I thought mm-hmm. they, they've mentioned that he's been in the talks for that a couple of times. I don't know. Like, because James Bond, like, I, I have not seen but like one of the older James Bond movies, and it was a Roger Moore one. So, yeah. Roger Moore was never like a. So, you don't know what you're talking well, about? I'm, yeah. just, I'm thinking about all the people that have been James Bond over the years. And now you've got Daniel Craig, who's kind of, you know, ripped and bringing a, a, a bigger sort of stature to that character. But I, I kind of always reference James Bond with a, a more, you know, just a, just a ladies man. Yeah. Yes. Like Roger Moore era, like James Bond. And I think Tom even, Hilston could pull that off. Even Sean Connery. Dude, I really like that idea. I know we're getting way off. So uh, what's his name? Uh, Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. Love I think Bond. he would make a great James Bond. Yeah. I would back that up. He's kind of old now for it, but. Uh, I still, I think he would they have been probably great. don't want to get, he's too old now. Yeah. I think it, he's getting so too old now. Make at least three movies with the next bond, but so. I agree. He would have made a fantastic bond. He's nobody's cooler. So who do we got for uh crow recast? Well, I'm all right. I, I'm, I'm just going to go stick. With, I'm just going to stick with Tom Hiddleston and that'll be my, for dude, for you cheated. Right. Hollywood already did that. I'm sorry. You. Uh, come on. All right, Eric, rock it out. All right. I've got an Eric Draven here. What about Adam driver? I have him on my list. <laughs> He's on my list. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't feel like Eric. I don't feel like um, Adam Driver would bring that same kind of like. I don't know that this that same kind of fun sort of aspect to that character. Like, well, I think he. But that's the thing. When they go to make, remake this movie, it's not going to be fun. They're going to make it even more serious. I think <laughs> it's not going to be fun, and it, it's going to be. I don't agree with because. And I can't remember the name of the movie, but you told me about the movie, and I started watching it. It's that really, oh god, it's him. Is it the one with Scarlett Johansson? A Marriage Story. Yeah, I started watching that, and I took that into mind. Just his acting and his drama in that. I mean, even Kylo. I don't. I didn't even look at Kylo Ren. I I thought of that in that movie Hmm. of him being Eric in this. Yeah, he's fantastic in A Marriage Story. But that's awesome, Eric. Well, dude, we got it on the same list. Yeah. Great minds think alike. Josh took the easy way out. Fucking <laughs> slacker. You got anybody else? No. All right. Jenny? There's a little bug on my microphone. <laughs> dude, is, is she going to, <laughs> dude, did she just go apocalypse now on us? <laughs> I'm serious. So why, just so smack it off. The sky is bleeding. <laughs> no, I don't want to. I don't want to recast anything. It's good. Okay, it's fine. But you would take Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, I like that. There you go. I knew I you like would. that. Okay. Well, I gotta. I just went with three characters. One being Eric Draven, but 
Um, I'll start with top dollar as a recast. Okay. I, somebody that could bring a little more than what he had is maybe a crime lord type thing. I went Benicio del Toro. I like that. Oh, that's a good one. If they I would, like that a lot. you know, make it more, because mm, I think he could be a better crime lord than what's his name. So, uh, T Bird. Uh, just thinking of somebody to lead a gang. I went with Ben Barnes. Uh, he was in The Punisher. Oh, and he he's was on in Westworld. Westworld. Yeah, I think that guy could play the leader of a gang really well. I like him because is he, he the, the guy Punisher that becomes series? Jigsaw in The Punisher? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Being a total asshole. And stuff like that. I think that I think he would work. I think you broke Eric's eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's eyebrow is broken. Was he giving us the Eric's eyebrow or the people's eyebrow? Because he loves wrestling. Let's not talk wrestling. Which is kind of funny because I know one of his favorite wrestlers totally took his look from the crow. Sting. Sting. <laughs> the the black oh. baseball bat and everything, dude. He, I thought you were going to talk about that that wrestler that was uh he was like a grunge, like his look was grunge. Oh, no, he, I was going he, with straight up Sting because he went with the white yeah, and black Sting, makeup yeah. and the black baseball bat. But uh um yeah. we mentioned I, Adam Driver. Uh <laughs> I threw this one out there just because it's this movie's always compared to Batman. I I just put Robert Pattinson in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good. I don't think it would be too, too far off because the guy is a great actor now. Yeah, I mean, I mean we're I, not on the Robert Pattinson hate train anymore. Like that dude's doing some good stuff nowadays. Good. Dude, yeah, the lighthouse and all that stuff, dude. That's good stuff. But when y'all were talking Game of Thrones earlier, I have a Game of Thrones actor on here. Okay. Kit Harrington. I th- I could see that. Yeah, I, I could Kit see Harington. that. Mm-hmm. As uh, playing Eric Draven, dude. I know he's playing the Black Knight in the new Marvel universe, but I I really thought, dude, Kit Harrington could totally be Eric Draven. He's already got the hair, he's got the look. You know, he can play sad, he can play pissed off. I mean, he kind of already did as Jon Snow because he came back nope. from the dead. And- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Bam! He wore black all the time. Yeah. Uh, the King so, of the North. <laughs> but I just. When y'all were talking yeah, we about, we put Jon Snow and Kylo Ren, two guys <laughs> with long hair and black clothes. And black clothes. <laughs> Don't smile. We're so creative. We're so creative. We talked a little bit about how how bad this city looks and whatnot in this movie, but I mean, they do such a good job of making it seem like just it's riddled with like it looks like it smells terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do create a good atmosphere. I mean, I I I like the design of the city the miniatures i like the the rooftop design of like just all the stuff on the roof i don't know why there's so much stuff yeah yeah there's like tons of antennas and everything cluttered roof it's just very stylized and um you know like that scene of him playing guitar on the Mm -hmm. roof and you got the like there's all these really interestingly composed sort of framed just super stylized shots, you know, that are that really create an atmosphere. Yeah, which again, I mean, I I think kind of translates to where we end up with the Matrix a few years later is is kind of the same thing. Definitely, they don't make the city the cityscapes all that bad, but I mean, I think when you get into like the um, the underworld part of the Matrix, like the um, Zion stuff, kind of has a similar tone to it. So yeah, so Eric goes to kill that one dude. What was that? Fun dude? boy. Fun boy. Who's d- with Fun boy, yeah. yeah and shows- he he manages to what I think is 
suck all the drugs out of her system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he, he makes her clean, clean, uh, yeah, clean. He cleans her, and it like c- comes out of her arm. Mm-hmm. That's a rad mm-hmm. concept, and and even that little cool, like and that saying he tells her, dude, all oh, that's freaking. That's I I find that to oh, be a yeah. little cheesy. Uh, Which I don't know. what the I, line? The line. Or, I I like the line. Oh, I've always he kind of speaks line. in riddles and stuff, you know, when he's doing this stuff. It it, it may be know, it, it may be Brandon Lee's performance of it that kind of gets me, but like, yeah, like I don't know. It's, that that's uh, the way he says it to her has always been kind of weird for me. I've, I've it's kind of graded on me a little bit. I like the idea of what he's saying, but yeah, it's yeah. something about the way he says it. I don't know. It just. Doesn't sit right with me for some reason. Yeah, I and I, love, I haven't read the comic, but I assume the crow speaks poetically yeah, when probably, he more talks to people in the comic. Mm-hmm. And I love his interaction when he's fucking with Fumboy the whole entire time with the "Go ahead, Fumboy, you got me dead bang," mm-hmm. and he shoots him right through the hand. Now that's where some of the '90s effects kind of <laughs> they they waver a little bit because you know that's a fake hand that he's holding up as it's healing. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't hold up well. I mean, there's a couple of the, things the, in this movie that don't hold up, but that one's not that great. The big reason that doesn't look good is the hand is perfectly still, yeah. where his body's like moving and the hand is, is perfectly <laughs> still. Like all they had to do is move it a little bit; it would look a lot more natural. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean, I just like and I love the 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 Jesus Christ joke. And I've actually said that note, uh, that joke a few times to people. Jenny actually laughed. Yeah. <laughs> it fits the, it fits the moment for sure. Yeah. His, de- his delivery of that line is great. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's great. And then he shot through the hand promptly right after. Yep. And he's kind of Christ-like in his yeah. return to life. He's got the stigmata all of a sudden. He's got a hole in his hand. I yeah. like when he puts his hand on the barrel of the gun and you can kind of hear the thump when he, when he puts Oop. his hand on the barrel of the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but when right. he shoots Fun Boy, he just starts squirming. He goes, "Does that hurt?" <laughs> <laughs> Look what you did to my sheets! <laughs> it's all Fun Boy's worried about the blood on his sheets. I actually really, I actually really like this scene with him and Darla. Other than I think that saying uh, that thing that he says is kind of weird, but like this is one of our only like brightly lit shots of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And and him like walking up to her and he's kind of stone faced like he's very intimidating at that moment when he's approaching Darla. Which is weird, like he's yeah, not well, he's not happy with right, her. Right. I mean, I, he is giving the impression that she thinks he's going to mm-hmm. kill her. Um, yeah. Well, he but, knows that's Sarah's mom. I mean, because he obviously right. knew who Sarah was and before he died. And I think that's what it is. He's pissed. He's like, you need to get your shit together. Mm-hmm. It's not too long after this. He shows up at Sergeant Albright's apartment. Yeah. And I love that Ernie Hudson's walking around in a shirt and boxers with the cop <laughs> hat still on. <laughs> that shit's fucking that's hilarious. Great. I even liked it. And even Eric points out, uh, you still have your hat on. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I really like that they give Eric a little of a little humanity in this scene when he's talking with Albright. It just kind of livens him yeah. up a little bit. Um, yeah, he's not being the crow as much. Other than that, hey, are you some kind of ghost? Boo. Like, <laughs> 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 that makes me chuckle every time I see it. Like, that's a, that's a very good good scene when he does that yeah. to him. And when he touches the sergeant, he gets all of the memories mm-hmm. of him with Shelly. And, he's, you know, he said, you stayed with her the whole entire time. And 
did anybody think that this sword that Top Dollar uses to kill Gideon looks like the sword from The Princess Bride? Yes, it was that style hilt. I, I had to Google it. It was very similar. I had to Google it, and it's it's not the same sword. I figured it was not. <laughs> I thought that would have been cool if it was, though. I just I like it when he stabs me through the he stabs him through the throat when he says, why don't you just die? He says, give me that. He shoots him. Like, <laughs> like, dude, how did he not die with a freaking knife through the trachea coming out of his spine? No, I mean, like, it's, it's not, a, not a knife, a sword. And he pushes I mean, that fucking sword all the way through. <laughs> As I said, it's his spinal cord is severed. Yeah. <laughs> so what's funny is his brain is probably still processing what's going on. Yeah. All right. Well, this is going to lead into a lot of the scenes. So let's go ahead and do this. You're going to need a bigger quote. Get them ready, guys. Do we need? Get them ready, Jenny. Get your quotes I'm ready. I'm gonna let y'all need... run with these. <laughs> All right. Do we need the taglines for the movie? Go ahead, Jason. Give us a tagline. Let me give you a tagline. There were three taglines for the Crow in 1994. First one being "Believe in angels. Real love is forever." Lame. And then it's not. <laughs> this <laughs> one. <laughs> In a world without justice, one man was chosen to protect the innocent. Robocop. It's too long. <laughs> <laughs> I like this one the best because we've mentioned it a few times. It's just sweet and simple. Darker than the bat. Oh. Man, everybody in the room is. It's kind of. I. I like the balls of it to like call out. Yeah, it's ballsy for sure. It's Batman. All right, who wants to start with quotes? Jason, go ahead. Dude, I'm trying to get to my list, dude. Well, I'll start. I'll right, start with I'll one. Go. No, okay, Eric, you it's go. my turn now. You can stop talking. Okay. All right. <laughs> I like when we're first introduced to Top Dollar and his sister or whatever she is, and she goes, "Is she asleep?" And he goes. I think we broke her. <laughs> Jesus, that is dark. That is darker than the bat. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> All right, who's next? All right, I've got one. No onions, okay? They make you fart big time. <laughs> I like that. I, uh, it says we're at the beginning of the movie. Uh, is this the victim? No, it's Amelia Earhart. <laughs> yeah, when he's talking about one. Eric on the ground, and Torres asking, is this the victim? No, it's Amelia Earhart, dumbass. <laughs> I like that one. Let's see. I like when uh, Davino, not Davino, that's his character's name in uh, Big Lebowski. Gideon is counting his money, and Eric approaches the door to the pawn shop, and he goes, Goddamn creatures of the night, they never learn. <laughs> Go ahead, Eric. Uh, I like when he's throwing the rings at him, and he says, Each one of these is a life, a life you help destroy. Yeah, that's good. Which of you Motor City motherfuckers wants to bet me this one isn't? When they're talking about the guns being loaded yeah. at the table. I love that. Oh, one. yeah. And of course, the fire uh, is that fired up. <laughs> yeah. Is that gasoline I smell? I like that one. They're all dead. They just don't know it yet. I like that one. Well, if we're still uh, going to be he, in that scene, well, shit on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he stabs T Bird, that one of my favorite lines ever victims, aren't we all? Yeah. I love that. That's a great line. <laughs> so I like when Sarah is at the bar talking to the bartender and they see Darla go upstairs with Fun Boy 
the, the, <laughs> the bartender is talking to Sarah and he says, your mom, technically she's off right now. And Sarah goes, yeah, <laughs> way off. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I, I, I like when he gets in the car with, uh, who's he getting the car with? Help me out. T-Bird. T-Bird, of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he says, I'm your passenger. Yeah. I like yep. that. Mm-hmm. Our, um, we're at uh, Suddenly, I, I heard a, a tapping as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. Didn't you hear me rapping? <laughs> That's the best one. That's a good one. No, I didn't hear him busting any rhymes. <laughs> um, um, I've got... Go ahead, Eric. I've got another one. I like when that car chase happens right after that with T-Bird and there's a cop drinking coffee and he goes, what the crap? And he spills coffee all over himself. <laughs> yeah. uh, when Eric sees Albright on the road after Gideon's, he says, I say you move and you're dead. And he goes, I say I'm dead and I move. <laughs> I love yes. that one. That's, that's a good one. I love that's that. That's a great one and a great delivery. Yeah. Uh, too, I think. Uh, I like when T-Bird goes to see Top Dollar after Gideon's blows up. And uh, he's like, you know, I've got a problem. He says, one of my crew got himself perished. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. And That's then also, J- Jason brought this one up earlier, but someone stuck his blades in all his major organs in alphabetical order. That's good. Uh, T-Bird won't be joining us this evening on the account of the slight case of death. Yeah, that's good. That was a good one. Dude, we can do this all day. All right, Steve Rogers. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> right. Oh, no, oh, no. I got one more because it's coming at the end of the movie. I, I love it because it's sweet. Kaka! Bang! Fuck, I'm dead! Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's probably his best line in the whole movie. It's the way he delivers it because he walks up so chill. He's like, little impression for you. Yeah. <laughs> ka bang, fuck him dead. Like he, he yells it so loud. Uh one of my favorites is when Darla and Funboy are getting busy and the crow lands on the window seal and Darla sees it and she goes, It's a big fucking bird over there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a squab. <laughs> yeah, a squab. Um, we could go all day. I like when, so we're at the, we're kind of, kind of close to this scene now, but when he's got, um, T-Bird, you know, he's, he's got him in the car, the car chase happens and everything. And he's taping him to the seat and he realizes who Eric is. And, uh, there's all these flashbacks happening of, of the rape and everything. And, uh, you've got T-Bird sort of realizing everything and, he's quoting this book as all this stuff's going down in the, in the original part of the movie. Do you know what book he's quoting? I don't, but I love what he says. And he, he kind of realizes what's going on. He says, "Avast the devil stood and felt how awful goodness is. I really love that. He quoted that from the, the book paradise lost. Ah, okay. And fun fact for the movie, he actually bought an original copy of the book and was using, he was, Quoting it even in the rape scene at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. He's the quotes he's doing is from Paradise Lost. And then my last one is when all that shit goes down and Skank is explaining to everybody what happened to T Bird. 
And Top Dollar goes, maybe we should video this and play it back in slow motion. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on, oh, no, all, right, all right, one more because you're talking about that scene. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's the whole thing where uh, Top Dollar's doing his big talk to all the the top guys in town and whatever. Mm-hmm. He says, "What about you, Skank? Or what's your name, Skank?" And he says, "I feel like a little worm on a big fucking hook." <laughs> well, your mama must be damn proud of you. <laughs> Because both of their now that scene, that scene, uh, I feel like influenced the Dark Knight as a well. A little bit, yeah. When the Joker comes in. Yep. Uh, the Joker scene with the those. We're people. just finding everything that Christopher Nolan ripped off. Oh, I mean, is. he's ripping off good things, <laughs> right? So. <laughs> we can't have a show without talking about Christopher Nolan, John Carpenter. Who else do we usually talk about? I know those two uh, pretty much every episode. Nolan and Carpenter. Speaking of Carpenter, I want to give a shout out to the Not A Bomb podcast. They just did Big Trouble in Little China. Go out there and give those guys some love. Listen to that episode. It's really good. Yeah, I love those guys. Pork Chop Express. But I love the whole thing with the lighter fluid and he draws the crow on the ground and lights it. Yeah. That's a cool shot. So badass. That's a badass shot because you can see him standing there as he's No one did that Yeah, I was about to say, kind of reminds me of a scene from The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, Fucking Nolan, man. <laughs> we love you, Christopher Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Nolan's on the show tonight. Um, hey, everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey, I'm Christopher Nolan. <laughs> uh, will you watch my movie, Inception? <laughs> Right, and I like when when Sarah actually goes to the to the apartment and she's like, "I know you're here," and she's you know giving this whole speech about how she misses them because I mean, uh, essentially, Eric and and Chili were more of a more parents to her than her mom was at the time. So, yeah, it's just uh, and that's a nice like that's another scene. Like I think where the brightly lit scenes in this movie are really those scenes that give just the slightest glimmer of hope throughout this very dark movie. And I think that's done very well. Yeah. I love when she hugs him and then later you see that she's got some of that white mm-hmm. paint yep. on her from from hugging him. It's just a nice, you know, like in just a nice little detail. Yep. But um then he decides to lay down this fucking greatest solo of the year and go Dude, after go after Skank. <clears throat> Dude, I love that he smashes the fucking guitar, everything, dude. Yeah. I love that. So metal, bro. It's pretty obvious he's not actually playing what's going on there, too. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Not even fucking close, Has to be said. (laughs) They're doing some Eddie Van Halen shit. Yeah, he's like tapping at one point or something. Yeah. And he's he's just strumming the guitar like this. Yeah. (laughs) Ain't happening. Sorry. Uh, it's still a badass shot though. When it cuts to the, uh, they they actually show the name of the the building that the the con- trash. trash yeah. Uh, when they flash back to that and you've got Thrill Kill or My Life with Thrill Kill Colt playing over all of the, like the stuff in the club and you're seeing the gun like <laughs> it seemed a little gratuitous to have all this money and guns out on this big long table like it hit me <laughs> at, at that point in this movie I was like you know. They do this with all these gangsters in movies, but really, like, 
nobody would have all this money sitting out and guns on top of it. Like, I don't know. Something about it this time made me realize, like, oh, this is definitely some shit they do for the movies. Because I don't think anybody would have this much money and guns just sitting out on a table. Uh, maybe yeah, in Scarface. I'm... Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it depends <laughs> on the scenario, I guess. Although I've heard stories about, like, some of these big, you know, like, big nightclubs and stuff that are cash only and right. stuff. It just ending up with loads of cash at the end of the night. And it was the mid nineties, man. They're not everybody was walking around with a debit card. Right. So maybe that's the the pull from the door, man. They're counting out the yeah, bands. That's money. just cover that's just covers and drinks for yeah. the night. They brought in twenty grand to get the bands cover is like a hundred bucks. <laughs> you know. Because me and Josh know all about that too. <laughs> but you think you get a bar, you know, bar tab. Of, the, of the tragic passing of Brandon Lee in shooting this movie, you'd think this scene would be the scene where something accidentally happened because yeah. they're firing so many guns at him at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like that even in the end, Skank is trying to get his way out of all of this, though. When, when Eric finally gets hold of him, Skank's dead. Skank's over there. <laughs> He's dead. Yeah. That's a pretty clever idea. You know, I wanted to bring this up, too. Like, Skank seems like this little meek guy who couldn't handle himself under, like, I never understood why he was part of this whole gang that did all this shit because he seemed like he couldn't get along on his own at all. Like, even once they're all gone, like, he he's just, like, frail. And, but, like, when, when Eric takes T-Bird in the car and he's chasing after him, in the Yugo? Yeah, and that guy hits him with the car. Like, I would have thought there's no way, but, like, he beats, like, he gives that guy a couple of good wallops and steals his car. Like, that's probably the most unbelievable part of this movie to me is that Skank could have beat that guy's ass. Boy, he punched him, and then he kneed him in the nuts. Of course. <laughs> you hit any guy in the nuts. I don't care if they're five foot or seven foot tall. Dude, you're going down, dude. He's, he's just smart. But, I mean... I mean, he is yeah, the guy that's smart. Group. Yeah, <laughs> smart. More, he's what? smart. He's smart. He's a guy, you know. That's the take of the night right there. Skank is smart. He's His uh, forte of the group is smokes and road beers. That's what he does. Yeah. That's it. That's his. Yeah. Life. He's just like a sidekick for T-Bird. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't think he can. He really, he really is a little worm on a big fucking hook. I don't yeah. know. Now, this Basically. is. I wrote this question here because of this whole scene right here. Is it like, okay, you go and you die, and I know for this is all a comic book movie, but why is it when they always come back, they all know Kung Fu and can shoot guns like John Wick? <laughs> well, he's got why a healing they, factor. I guess he gets some sort of uh, like X-Men mutant factor as well, and he's just... Yeah. So how do you think she, uh, Top Dollar's lady friend figured out this whole thing about the crow being his source of power. Like she seems to just come up with this out of the middle. No, of I mean, she's into all no, this no, no. crazy yeah, she's magic like and dark shit. And like I said, she's, she's, you know, they're, they're all into the, the supernatural shit, you yeah. know, from the beginning, you know, doing like eyeball incense yeah. and stuff. So she, she's probably heard this. She could have read the, the thing, the narration. Yeah. The she heard uh, Sarah talking at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> she knows what happened how it all works she heard all that so all right well so we're we're at the church now. yeah yeah because eric's he's done i mean because we're at gotham cathedral yeah gotham cathedral uh he's done because really top dollar didn't kill shelly it was the four of them so he's actually supposed to be done well i mean that's the big reveal that we get here is 
Like, he goes back to the graveyard, and you'd think all of it, because we see what happens after everything is done and over with at the end of the movie. So, obviously, you know, Shelley's ghost isn't coming back to get him. He's not doing it. Like, he thinks he's done, but he's not going anywhere. So, that's, you know, kind of a clue as to you're not done yet. Um, yeah, right. And I like the exchange with uh, him and Sarah, because he is where he gives uh, Sarah the ring. Shelley's ring yeah. and said that she would want you to have this and everything, and I I really love the way that she goes though because she thinks she's smart and she thinks she knows all of this this information but she obviously doesn't know enough to protect herself from a raven that's gonna peck your eyes out peck her eyes out <laughs> what a poetic ending for her yeah yeah that is you know. yeah that is kind of cool especially since out. they're taking the eyes out of the girl at the beginning and then she gets her eyes pecked out at the yeah end. that's that's what I mean that's why it's poetic yeah. <laughs> it's Jenny. Poetic justice, you stupid fuck. It's poetic. That's <laughs> what she's trying to say. Why? Because it'll hurt more. <laughs> Jenny. Jenny, since you're. Jenny's since become you're Alan Raven over there. <laughs> uh, did, what did this ending remind you of on the roof? What? Since you're the big Disney fan. On the roof? Yeah, when they're fighting on the roof. Did you watch this movie? She doesn't know what Disney movie you're talking about. Beauty and the Beast. Fight on the roof. I mean, okay. Oh. There's a fight. In the rain. I did not make that connection. Our hero gets stabbed. Mm. A guy falls off to his death, the villain. I don't know. It is a tale as old as time. (laughs) (laughs) I do like this fight on the on the roof, and I even like that Eric goes into it not wanting to fight the guy. He's just like, "You can have me, like just let her go. Like we don't. <laughs> this doesn't have to be a thing. I'm done with what I have to do." And, you know, he thinks he, he he's done because he doesn't know that he signed off on all of that. I don't yeah, think right. I don't feel like they do a very good job of explaining like what actually goes down. I know that top dollar, you know. As my many views of this have gone by, I've put together that Top Dollar owns the building they were in. They were yeah. complaining about it being a bad building or whatever, and then he sent his goons to take care of them. Right. They were, like, exposing the racket that they had going right. there. But so. it's it, it, it's kind of a story left in the background of this, though. Like, you really kind of have to be looking for it to find it there. There's an explanation there if you want one, but basically these are the bad guys. Yeah. It's you know? I mean, it's just like Robocop. The bad guys are bad guys. I mean, there's... <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, uh, I also really like uh, when Eric takes the... It's basically like a goth super sword. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, <laughs> yeah the, the, the metal part of the steeple of the church, yeah. and lightning yeah. strikes it at the same time. I love that yeah, the lightning it, hits as soon as he grabs it. Yeah. Superpowered goth. You know, we exactly. I mean, it, it reminds me again, you know, of course, we when we brought up uh, Mandy. You yeah. Know, when yeah. he gets like a, a special weapon at the end of Mandy, you know, to defeat the bad guy with. This is, you know, obviously Mandy is very much like the crow. So, yeah. Oh, and then, you know, he gives he gives. uh Top dollar, the old penance stare, the the the, the Care Bear stare. Ghost Rider penance. <laughs> <laughs> he went he went Ghost Rider on his ass. 
Yeah, which is always nice. Make the guy feel all the pain. Yeah. Well, I like, that, yeah, he grabbed him felt. by the head. And he went 30 hours of pain all at one time. All at once, yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's way cooler than just throwing him off the yeah. building. Yeah. You know? yeah it, but dude, I but love, then he throws him off the building anyway. <laughs> but I love how he throws him off and he gets impaled and his blood is pouring out the mouth of the little demon sculpture or the gargoyle. Yeah. Yes. That is there. Like, a lovely pretty detail. awesome. And, and if you notice... There are things that go through his torso, but also his head. There is a spike coming out of his mouth too. The mouth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's. Is there another movie that has a gargoyle that blood spills down and goes through his mouth? Oh my god, I can see it now. You're gonna make me think, dude. What the hell is that movie? Well, I mean, there's a gargoyle that kills the Joker at the end of Batman. Well, he pulls it down, but we're talking about being That's impaled true. and the blood pouring out. The but you know the gargoyles that have the mouths that or have like the rain gutter and it yeah. goes to their mouth. I feel like that's in another movie. Yeah, I've seen something like that in right a now. couple of the horror movies. I think. Hmm. But and yeah, but that's cool. The other part I thought it was like when they were fighting, the ring rolls down the roof. Yeah, and it just lands there. I mean, I know like the first time I saw the movie, I was like, "Well, what the hell are we gonna do? With, who got the ring?" You know, because the ring is a big deal. Yeah. But yeah. the whole show. And then it's, you know, they get down to the ground and the actual crow comes with here. You can have your ring back now. Crow got it. One yep. ring crow to rule them all. Hey, let's uh, let's give some props to the acting work by these ravens. Or yeah. Many ravens. <laughs> yeah. They're great. Ravens are so cool. Mm-hmm. I like I They're like so that cool. Eric can see what they see. Like, that's how he knows where people are and things like that. I think that's a real cool kind of like third eye very, sort of thing. Very Crow be- vision. Very beast master of him. Yeah. You remember very, you remember that one, Josh? Very Game of Thrones, too. I've never seen Beastmaster. What the fuck? Get the hell out. <laughs> it's in, well, it's in my list of movies to watch and dude, I have not watched it yet. Well, it's funny, they kind of take this from Beastmaster because he can see through an- his animal's eyes and he has a bird. And he, it almost right. looks a lot how the crow sees yeah. is, is very distorted. Like a well, crow. I think that comes b- even before that. Odin has uh, crows that he's that he can see, watch humanity with, and stuff like that in yeah. the old. Yeah, Jason. But we're, but we're not talking. No, we're not talking Norse mythology, dude. I'm talking. I'm just a talking about the, the origins 80s. of being able to see through crows' eyes or ravens' eyes in Odin's case. I'm the three-eyed raven. <laughs> yeah, that's like a really old thing but yeah we do need to watch beastmaster i'm down so that's basically that's it, it right let's talk the good the bad and the ugly the good the bad the ugly why <laughs> he didn't do it jenny go ahead and get yours the good i would say is the design of the city i love how it's just so depressing it really sets the tone for the movie very well uh i like ernie hudson a lot in this movie um the bad i'm gonna say just the entire movie you can really feel for me it feels like an unfinished movie that they had to put together because of Brandon Lee's death. There's several parts where like, it just like freeze frames. Yeah. And it's like, that's what you do at the end of the movie, but it does it throughout the movie. And I just, it feels 
very choppy in places. And I just think overall suffers from his untimely death. I can see that for sure. Yep. And ugly. I don't like the dude's laugh. I don't like it. Which one? Eric's. I don't like Eric's laugh. Oh, oh. You know, toying with them and all that. That's fine. But the laugh was just grating for me. It it really (laughs) bothered me. Okay, so whose laugh did you hate worse, his or Cox's laugh from RoboCop? I hate Cox's worse. <laughs> yeah, me too. Good night, sweet prince. <laughs> so bad. Eric, you want to go next? Okay. Uh, my good is the basically the style of the movie that would include design and music. Just the style is so iconic. And a big reason why I think it would be difficult to remake this movie in a different era. It's just so of the time it was in. Uh, it's just it's just so iconic for, for that time period. Uh, bad is Skank's overacting. <laughs> <laughs> it's just brutal. It's just... There's, there's going to 11, he's on like 35. He needs to tone it way down. And then uh, ugly is the way Skank opens the bag of chips, where it has a, <laughs> has a slit going right down the hole vertically. <laughs> I noticed that too. Good God! And he's just shoving them in the his mouth. Worst. Yeah, he's dropping them everywhere. Such a skank. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jason, you want to go next, or you want me to do it? I'll go. Go for it. Matter. Um, my good. It's a great movie. It's, like I said at the beginning, it's definitely a top 10 movie watch for me. Uh, I love Brandon Lee's performance to this whole movie. I really wish he was still alive because I would have really loved the scene where he could have gone with his career. Um, I love the tone. I love the soundtrack, minus The Cure. Uh, Sorry, Kate. (laughs) But uh, the... I... I don't know. Like I said, and everybody, you were talking about me being all uh, Mr. Romantical and stuff like that. Dude, this movie is definitely, uh, to me, you watch with somebody that you, you care about. Because I love the little lines and the showing what you would, how far you would go to right that wrong and to for the love you have for somebody. And that love doesn't end in death. You Maybe there's another plane we go to and that carries forward. So that's my good. Uh, bad. Some of the special effects don't carry over, like the whole hand shot. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty bad. Even some of the rooftop imposed stuff is kind of not that good. Uh, some of the jumping yeah. when he jumps down, it's not that great. But it still doesn't take away from the movie for me. I'm just nitpicking. Uh, and the, the ugly is Brandon Lee died making this movie. And it that's that sucks so bad mm-hmm. so that's the only ugly part it's just the fact that he died but i'm yep. glad that he left us this movie to always remember him and how great this movie was that's right that and the the bag of chips thing both, <laughs> both very ugly all that in a bag of chips <laughs> <laughs> well the good for me is the shot of the shotgun blowing the rings out as they're blowing up Gideon's pawn shop. 
Oh, yeah. Love yeah, it. Yeah. I love that you can see the rings as they come out. I love all of that. Um, I will agree with Jason. Some of the effects in this are not very good, so that would be where I kind of fall into the bad. I would also place the fact that we lost Brandon Lee um, while he made this movie as a bad thing. Um, that is bad. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely would have liked to have seen where he could have gone. Um, the ugly... Um, is skank falling out of the window uh has some definite uh <laughs> dick jones i like that shot has some definite dick jones falling out of the window and robocop sort of why is it so hard to film somebody <laughs> falling out of a window hey, it's even bad not that one but even when eric gets thrown out of the window and you see it, when they show that going true, back yeah. that one looks kind of bad they should have took notes from die hard and just actually dropped an actor it could have worked yeah makes sense to me all right. Well, that's going to do it for our conversation about The Crow. Um, happy to be in the 90s. Are you guys excited to talk about some 90s movies now? Yes. Let's move forward a little yeah. bit. But we still got a lot of 80s movies we're going to talk about. Oh, there's going to be more 80s, 80s movies, 90s. We're even going to get into the 2000s at some point. But we're, Whoa, whoa. Right whoa, now, one decade at a time, bro. Right now, we're going <laughs> into the 90s. We're going to go back to the 80s at some point, but I just, there's quite a few 90s movies that sort of shaped who I am as a movie lover. I'm sure all of us have movies from the 90s that did the same. So next week, okay. we're going to come back and talk to you guys about Point Break. Oh, yeah. The, I have not watched Point Break in so long. I'm really excited. We're talking about, about the remake, right? We're doing the remake, yeah, right? Yeah. That's what, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Blasphemy. <laughs> I have never seen the remake and don't plan to ever see the remake, to be honest. But And I'm just going to go ahead and put that up there. On the recast, you cannot recast that movie. Sorry. Uh, what about Brandon Lee in Keanu's place? <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go. Hey, that could have worked, too. I, I am an FBI agent. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to talk about the fact that, you know, Point Break was a big deal because Patrick Swayze played a bad guy. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm. it's one of those movies that has this, like, thing that comes along with it as far as like uh something with the actor again like with this one brandon lee died and this one oh you made patrick swayze a bad guy this is forbidden it's a little not really as big of a deal as someone dying while making your movie but either way so it's gonna be fun to talk about point break <laughs> I, I it's one of those movies that i watch like a couple of times a year almost <laughs> i just think it's so fun it's I, I, I love it. I'm excited to talk about it. So next week we'll be back with Point Break as we continue our 90s in June. Until next week, be kind. Rewind! Rewind. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Silver. Raven, nevermore. You've been listening to the VHS Files podcast. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and drop us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast. It was fun. <laughs> Send your questions, comments, and movie suggestions to vhsfilespodcast at gmail.com. He's single fucks. You've seen one too many movies. Don't you blame the movies? Follow us on all social media outlets at vhsfilespodcast. Movies don't create psychos. Check out our YouTube channel for more content. Movies make psychos more creative. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> Don't point at me when I'm talking. Jenny. <laughs> what? Sorry. Throw to Jenny again. No, I don't need him. I'm going to go. <laughs>
no, 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 no. I got it. I got it. Here we go. He re- People, listen. He really he- is Neo, and all that shit was downloaded into his brain, and now he's going back into the <laughs> Matrix to avenge oh his his digital wife's death. We could totally make this into a real thing. I think into a real thing. <laughs> into a real thing. Would have been cool if it was. Hold on. You look so okay, ridiculous with that makeup on. <laughs> Dude, I was going to do the whole white face paint and everything, but uh, I had to cook dinner and everything, so this was quick. Did you cook dinner for your mom and dad like that? No, I did this when I was coming here. But would I? Yeah, because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and they wouldn't have even. They wouldn't have even asked. Dude, they wouldn't have. My remember, my mom's cool, dude. She's the one that got me into all these movies. But 